0: all that we need to be able to successfully resist the fear, but we have to choose to to resist it, to confront it, to uh, everything that tries to steal our peace, to point our finger, put our finger on it and say, no, no, I'm not going to allow that thought to continue operating in my mind. I'm not going to let that fear come and have its operation in my spirit. Fear is the author of discord and stress in our lives. It's the author of stress. He says here, distressed and agitated. So we are not to allow it because of its detrimental effect in our life. God did not create you to to put fear in your engine. Uh, some years ago, in our Kansas campus, we had a bus ministry and One of the bus drivers, after he had taken the children back into uh, the the communities where they lived, he pulled up to refuel the bus so it would be fueled up for the next sunday and He pulled up and wasn 't paying very close attention and He grabbed the diesel oh, and put diesel fuel but we had we had a diesel bus and we had a gasoline engine bus and he was confused about which bus he was driving so I will give him that it wasn't just that he thought he was driving the diesel bus and he uh, and he put diesel fuel in the gasoline engine and that vehicle never ran again <laughs> that bus never picked up any more children it was destroyed why it was not designed to process diesel fuel and that diesel fuel ruined the interior the guts the engine and the carburetor and all of those special items that cause it to function the diesel ruined it and that's what fear does in your spirit you are not designed to conduct fear you're not built for it and if a believer Nobody is, no human is designed to conduct fear or to run on fear. And it will physically affect. Science has proven that worry causes hypertension, that worry causes uh, um, ulcers. Worry, worry can affect you physically. Can destroy things in the lining of your stomach because of worry. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Yeah. Can affect your heart because of worry. Well, if and worry is a form of fear. Worry is, is like that that repetition of fear that is just cycling and looping in your understanding. So if worry, which is a form of fear, can have such a negative effect that is evidenced to us just in the natural arena that we were never designed to conduct fear, how much more for the believer who has been redeemed from all sickness and, and, and uh, demon powers and the curse and, and uh, how much more should we be able to rise above and and live without fear, right? So with this idea, this understanding that God is 100% against us allowing any form of fear for our good, it's because He loves us enough to say, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be thou not dismayed, I am your God. And every time you see him telling someone not to fear, most generally you'll find him in that same area telling them, I'm here, I'm with you. Why would you fear, right? The, 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 the process of fear is so ingrained in the world that they make it entertainment. It is so acceptable that they make entertainment and millions of dollars off of horror movies, off of things that are suspense thrillers, they'll call them. And that fear is something that they are training people to think. They are... They are triggering people to think it. They are putting those thought patterns in the understanding of people so that they will automatically just return to that thought pattern of fear. That when something happens that they've seen on a movie or something happens that they've read in in a suspense thriller or whatever, that it, it triggers that same response of fear. Well, you and I, we're renewing the mind. Amen. And part of the renewing the mind is, is removing all of those triggers and removing all of those things that would have caused a fear response and in its place putting a trust response, a faith response, a love response that will help us maintain a thought and a flow of the spirit that are from God's Word and from God's Holy Spirit. So I want to look at Isaiah chapter 8 because God talks to us about not allowing the same thing that the world fears to be in us. It's really quite plain, and I am going to ask for the amplified in this. In Isaiah chapter 8, verses 11 and 12, Isaiah 8, 11, and I'll read the King James first. It says, For the Lord spoke this to me with a strong hand. He spoke this to me with a strong hand. So he was very serious about it. It was a dealing of the Lord that was, that was, it was a, a, a serious dealing. It wasn't light, it wasn't airy, it was very serious. The Lord spoke this to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people saying, I should not walk in the way of this people saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Now let me read this from the Amplified because it does help us a little bit. Uh, It says in the Amplified... The Lord spoke this to me with a strong hand upon me and warned me and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people saying, Do not call conspiracy or hard or holy all that this people will call conspiracy or hard or holy. So there are some things we're not supposed to call hard. Say, oh, but that's hard. Not for us. Not for us. I don't have to call it hard, and and it's going to be what I call it. I'm going to call it simple and easy. When I was in that process of coming out of debt, there were people who heard what we were attempting to do, and they said, "Oh, that's hard. That's going to take you a long time. That's hard." And no, simple and easy. When when we have the opportunity, sometimes you know at conferences or different things, people will ask us where we pastor, and so. You know, you try to explain. We pastor in Kansas and in, in, in Kansas City, Kansas, and in Little Rock, Arkansas. And the first thing they want to say is that's hard. And so there are a lot of times we just don't tell people. <laughs> just a, just pull it out. Just uh, you know, we'll just pick one. But uh, when they find out if they if if someone tries to say it's hard, I've had to verbally say it's not hard. There's a grace for it. God's given us a grace for it because I refuse to allow that to be a label stuck over the call of God on my life. Amen. Amen. If God's called us to do it, he's provided his grace and his provision to make it. And and he said, the more valuable our time becomes to him, the more he is going to help us redeem our time. Yeah. So the more that we are growing, Pastor and I, and and bringing our time into a position of importance to God, He's making it easier with with air, aircraft. It is in our future, Amen. You know how easy it would be just to be able to get on our little plane and fly up to Kansas and and minister what needs to be ministered, whether it be a Wednesday night or a, a Sunday, and to be able to come back. That's the plan of God, and so the grace is on it. It's not hard, it's easy. Easy. It's not hard, it's easy. And so don't call it hard. Don't call it hard. Sometimes there have been things that have happened in people's lives, opportunities that came in, and because it was different or because it required a, a different level of commitment, then they began to pull back and say, oh, it's hard. You know, it's kind of hard to be at every service. It's not hard. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It's not hard. It's easy. So we don't call it hard if God doesn't call it hard. Amen? Amen? And then the Amplified goes on and it says, uh, do not call conspiracy or hard or holy all that this people... We'll call conspiracy hard or holy. Neither be in fear of what they fear. That's an indicator. If they're fearing it, I shouldn't. If they're in fear of it, I should not respond that way. Because they're in fear because they don't have who I have in their life. They don't have God in their life. I do. I do. So if I know God is for me and I know God is with me, What shall I be afraid of? Who will I fear? Right? Who will I fear? The Lord is my light and salvation. (laughs) Who will I fear? Right? Who will I fear? And so he says, do not call it hard and don't fear what they fear. And then it says this. And don't make others afraid and in dread. Don't make others afraid and in dread. You know, I had a, um, a person that at one time in, in our family that what they, their, their delight was to deliver the bad news. <laughs> you know, it was like it, they would thrive on it. Ooh, let me tell you what just happened. And... Um, it was interesting because I had not heard from this person in months and months and months. And then on 9-11, they called me just to tell me what had happened. And of course, I already knew it because I had been watching the news. But I thought, you haven't called me in months. Why would this be a time? And, and I realized that there were times that I had... wanted to be the first person to tell somebody. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to be that person anymore. And so I I began to, uh, you know what? They'll find out without me having to call them. It's not, I am not the reporter of bad news. I am the reporter of good news, of the gospel, right? So why do I want to bring anything that would make somebody else afraid? That would make someone else dread? And so... He says that we are not to fear it, and we are not to deliver anything that's going to cause other people to fear, whether it be a report, whether it be an opinion, whether it be a repeating a newscast or whatever. I don't, and so don't post it, don't share it. Amen. Yeah. Right? Because we don't want That's not what we propagate. Right. We're not out trying to push bad news. We're out. We're out pushing the good news (laughs) amen we are propagators of the gospel the good news and so don't fear and don't help anybody else be afraid if anything else bring to them something that is going to take them down from that fear back into a place of peace Amen? amen so uh this is important let's go ahead to psalm 27 we were singing it but we'll look at it psalm 27 1 through 3 I think this is what we were singing. Praise God. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That is the correct attitude. That is the correct perception. And again, it may take a renewing of the mind to get to this place. It may take a time of putting that verse up on your mirror so that every time you look in the mirror, your eyes have to look at that verse and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it on the cabinet where you open up to get your... your tea cup or your coffee cup or whatever so that every time you touch those places that you go to daily you are seeing the fact that the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh they stumbled and fell though a host should encamp against me Now, see, the opportunity to fear is present. But just because the opportunity is is there doesn't mean I have to take the opportunity. At the same time, I have an opportunity to respond with trusting God. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. I think it's interesting that David is saying this. You've got to say it sometimes, I shall not fear. <laughs> You've got to determine it in your heart and then declare it out of your mouth. I shall not fear. Even though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. In what? The Lord is my light and my salvation. He's my rescue. He's my help. He's the one who is... is going to battle for me and protecting me. Praise God. Genesis chapter 15, Abraham uh, received this instruction from the Lord. And since we are Abraham's seed, we can uh, also apply this to our life. Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I am your shield. The Amplified says, I am your shield, your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. Now, normally I come to this verse because I am building my recognition that he is my abundant compensation my exceeding great reward but I also want to notice it says he's my shield a shield in the bible days is different than the Captain Marvel shield that looks like the size of a pie plate you know if the shield was a shield that covered the whole body and this says God is our shield God, this is covenant talk, covenant interaction. I am your shield. I am the shield of your life. I am your protector. I am your shield. I will cover. There's, God is our complete covering. And there's not one area of our life that God has not got it covered if we will refuse to fear. God's got us covered as long as we stay in that place of trust. But if we violate that and allow fear to come in and displace the trust, God is hindered in what He can shield us from because we, through fear, can open the door to what He desires to protect us from. Praise God. So by refusing to fear, we set ourselves up for His abundant compensation, for His protection in our life. Praise God. Now again, I said God did not build us or design us to operate fear. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans chapter 8 says, You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. What does that word again indicate? You have not received the spirit of bondage again. Well, before Christ, we know that the book of Hebrews says that He delivered those who through all of their lifetime were subject to bondage through the fear of death. So before Christ, we were in slavery to the, the form of fear that is the root form of fear, which is the fear of death. We were we were in bondage to it. It held us captive. But not today, not anymore. Because of what Jesus has accomplished for us in the redemption, yes. we are free from the fear of death because we won't die. Amen. You are a recipient. If you've made Jesus Lord, you are a recipient. Yes. Of eternal life now. Eternal life resides and abides in you now. And to be absent from the body is not death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Even if we go by way of the grave, we will not die spiritually. We will just move from our body to the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen? So we don't have to fear it. So He's redeemed us from that. What, that, that being the root of all fear, that being the, the most um, dominant fear, you could say. If we're redeemed from that, then we're redeemed from all of the lesser fears. Glory to God. So he has. it says, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The Moffat translation says, You have not received the slavish spirit that would make you relapse into fear. You have not received a slavish spirit that would make you relapse into fear. You have received the spirit of sonship. Praise God. So fear is not the natural direction of of the believer's life. If for a believer to operate fear, it is unnatural for the kingdom flow. Amen. It is not a kingdom, it is not a kingdom force it, the, the kingdom flow is righteousness, joy and or, uh, righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? Romans tells us that righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that's the flow of the kingdom. and so fear's not in that. Fear's not the flow or the direction of our born-again spirit. When Job feared, it acted like a magnet that drew what he feared to him. He opened the door to things that should not have had an open door in his life. There was a supernatural wall of blessing protection around his life until he feared, and in fearing the fear, he opened the door for the enemy, and even the enemy wasn't quite aware of it until God, who is not going to lie, <laughs> made it aware. What he has is in your hands, but you can't take his life. God didn't say, I'm giving you access or I'm giving what he has. He said, He said, a matter of fact, he's just telling the truth. What he has is in your hands. It wasn't in his hands before. How did it get in his hands? How did Job's belongings get into Satan's hands? How did his body get into Satan's hands? How did his family members get into Satan's hands? He opened the door through fear. He said, I was not quieted. Let's go look at it in Job chapter 3. Because um, it gives us an indication of how the doors get opened. Job chapter 3 and verse 25 says, For the thing which I greatly feared. Greatly feared is an indicator if he was highly developed in fear. It wasn't a fear that just happened once and it wasn't just a fear that happened a, a, a couple of times or just recently. It was something that he had been practicing. In the same way that we can become highly developed in faith. We can become skilled in faith by practicing the word of God. By by meditating on the word of God, we will become strong in faith. By meditating on the problem, we can become strong in fear. And it says, "The thing which I greatly feared is come upon me." What did he greatly fear? Well, back up to chapter 1. And let's read verse 5. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, speaking of his family. Mm -hmm. He's offering burnt offerings, so it sounds like it's a spiritual activity. But the spirit in which he's doing this activity is not a spirit of faith. It is not even honor for God. It is fear of what his children have done. He, it, and we see it because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and it tells us in the next few words what Job said. So this is what was in his heart in abundance. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. The center column reference of my Bible says all the days. So he is practicing this, rehearsing it, going over it and over it. Maybe it's a worry, worry that my sons have sinned. It's a worry about it. And that fear, that and it, I don't think it started with a, 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 a sudden fear. I think it started with a thought. Just the same way Eve was attacked with a thought and Jesus was attacked with a thought and the, Satan, he, he uses the same tactics. He doesn't have any new ones to create. He just brings those thoughts. Remember the word diabolos, his name means uh, it's it's a picture of a ball hitting against a, a wall over and over. The idea is to be able to penetrate, to penetrate and to build a road in to the understanding. And so that's a description of how Satan operates. And so I think that continual thought coming against And feeding on that thought and meditating on that thought until that thought grew, he became highly developed in that worry, which is a flow of fear, until he greatly feared. He greatly feared. He said, the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come to me. Why? Because faith and fear both operate like magnets. They draw to us. If I am believing and I have faith, I am like a magnet drawing that spiritual supply of what I'm believing for into my life. Well, fear operates in that same pattern. Yeah. It is like a reversal, a, a, a reverse operation. It's, it's believing for something in the negative vein. And you're not, it's not because you want it, but just you believe that it could happen to you. Not you, those other people. Uh, it, that, it's, a, it's a faith in the negative, a faith in the power of the enemy, a faith in the curse, a faith in, in, in the lack, a faith in, in financial failure. Whatever that, that negative faith, and I'm using the word faith just to give us an indicator of where it's operating. If, if a person believes that they're going under, if they believe they're not going to be able to pay those bills, if they believe that they're they're going to be the first ones to get fired, if they believe that, even though there may not be any natural evidence, but they're believing it, they are are like that magnet drawing it to them and positioning themselves in a place where the enemy can uh, operate And so he said, the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. That which I was afraid of is come unto me. The good news says it this way. Everything I fear and dread comes true. The Young's Living uh, translation says, for a fear I feared and it meets me. A fear I feared and it meets me. What I was afraid of does come to me. So, do you see why we don't fear? (laughs) Do you see why we need to resist it? We don't let it operate in our heart because I don't want to draw to me something that I'm not supposed to have in my life. So, I'm just not going to fear it. I'm just going to believe God. I believe God. Say it. I believe God. I believe God. Now, verse 26 is also an indicator to us. He says this I was not in safety. Neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet. Have mercy, (laughs) have mercy. Well, that's an indicator. Remember, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it. If he said don't let it, you cannot let it. You can choose to say, I will not allow my heart to be troubled. I won't let it. It's in my power to not let it happen. He was troubled. There was no rest, no quiet in his heart, no stillness, no peace in his heart. Oh, mercy. Let me show you you, though. That's not you. Let me show you where you are. Here's your GPS coordinate. Isaiah 54 and verse 14 shows us where we we live. In righteousness shall you be established. You will be far, far. I mean, just squint and just try to see it. You can't even see it from here. You'll be far from oppression. Yes. What? Oppression? I'm, I don't see it, DJ. I don't see it. I'm looking. Where is oppression? Oh, it's so far away I can even barely see it. You'll be far from oppression and from... For you shall not fear. Why? You're established in righteousness. You shall not fear and you'll be far from terror, you could say. You'll be far from terror. That gives me an idea of a, a parameter, a fence put around my life. Just like the Bible says about Job's life that there was a wall, a hedge of protection around him until he feared. Because I will not fear, I have a fenced parameter around my life that the oppression and terror can't get into my life. They cannot come near me, it says. It shall not come near. Why? Because it's far and it's going to be kept far by that fence of protection As you trust God. Amen. 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 This is where we live. We shall not fear and we will be far from oppression and far from terror. It will not come near us. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. thank you jesus second timothy chapter one says god has not given us the spirit of fear so now we see where fear operates it's not just in the mind it's not just a thought it may come in a thought but inside that thought is something you know inside god's words jesus said my words are spirit So there are no empty words of God. God's words are containers for spiritual forces and spiritual power. Well, the enemy tries to insert his evil forces inside of words and thoughts to convey them into our lives. He says we have not been given that spirit of fear, that flow of fear, that force of fear. But we have power and love and a sound mind. So now that we recognize that fear is a spiritual force, we deal with it in the spiritual arena. You've got to open your mouth and say something. You've got to verbally resist it. I shall not fear. Speak it. Declare it. Utter that out of your your heart. I will not fear. It's a spiritual force, and so we use spiritual weapons. You know... um, I I like the example that Kenneth Copeland gave uh, concerning fear. He said, it's possible to be able to learn how to suppress fear in some areas while it dominates in others. And he used the example of a bull rider who can get on the back of a uh, mean, ornery bull and ride that bull but then get in their truck and be so in fear of financial lack. And he might look really brave in one arena because he's learned how to suppress the fear in that area. Fear of falling off, fear of being trampled, fear of the animal, right? He's learned to suppress that fear. But there are other areas where fear is because it is a spiritual force We've got to deal with it spiritually, not just try to suppress it, not just try to control our thoughts about it, but to deal with the spiritual force of that fear. And, and so uh, we use spiritual weapons. And words are our weapons. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that's a weapon for us to use. The name of Jesus is a weapon for us to use. It has to be verbally uttered to, to apply the authority of Jesus' name. Amen. So these spiritual weapons. Let's look at these three things that God has given us, though. This word power is the word dunamis. This word power is the word dunamis. And the word dunamis is talking about a supernatural ability, a miracle-working power. God has given us power. Hallelujah. But fear tries to prevent us from operating in the power that we have as a New Testament believer. If a person is allowing fear, it's going to interrupt that flow. He's given us a a sound mind. A sound mind. The mental disposition of the believer is never supposed to be fear ruled. Look with me at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. It says, God's peace, shall be yours that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through christ and so fearing nothing from god and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is this peace shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and minds in christ jesus the peace guarding the heart and guarding the mind a sound mind Hallelujah. Not a fear ruled mind. Yeah. Not a mind that allows fear thoughts and fear perceptions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't confront it. We can't let it go unconfronted. We have to confront it. Thank you, we have to confront any type of fear that tries to come into our heart or in our mind. And this peace of God... If you'll learn peace, and I'm going to say it that way because before Christ, I had no understanding of what the peace of God was. I did, I, I'd never experienced it before, and so I lived a life that was always up and down. Chaos was the norm for my life. It was always turmoil. There was always some kind of tragic thing happening. There was always some kind of trouble in our life. And so when I came to know Jesus as Lord, and I began to see this peace, then I had to, first of all, become acquainted with it so that I could recognize what is peace like. And if a person allows their life to still have that chaos roller coaster, they may not know peace enough for it to be able to indicate anything to them. But if you and I learn how to live in that peace, and the moment something comes against it, we stand with resistance. And we're guarding that peace. Wait, wait, wait. I don't have to be troubled about anything. There's not one phone call that can send me into distress. There's not one situation that can move me over into this place of, of turmoil. And that has to be a decision that you make before the phone call, <laughs> before the the report, before whatever is going to... Because no matter what happens, I can walk through it with peace a lot easier than I could walk through it all tore up, all hysterical. That's why when my daughters... Uh, there will be times when they were growing up that they would come in at level 10 anxiety. And I would talk them down. No, no, no. We are women of the word. Not just my daughters physically, but also ladies in the church that would come to me That, I, that and they would be all up here in, in anxiety. Let's bring it all the way back down and let's walk in peace about this. How can we deal with this? With the the wisdom of God with the peace of God because it is never profitable to respond hysterical. It is never profitable to move over into that place of emotions when you need to have a spiritual response to a situation. So he's given us a sound mind. We've got to recognize that the peace of God is a protector of that sound mind. And the peace of God, notice it says here in verse 8, Actually, let's look at six and then we'll drop down to eight. There, because these preceding and following verses are clues to how this peace of God stays intact in our life. Verse six tells us again, be careful or worried or anxious for absolutely nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing is qualified. To rob you of your peace. Nothing that you can name on this earth (laughs) has the ability to steal the peace of God from you if you don't let it. So he says, be careful for nothing. And I believe the Amplified says it even a little uh, straighter. Don't be anxious about anything. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Well, anxiety is a form of fear. Remember, let not your heart be troubled, distressed, or agitated. So he says, do not have any anxiety about anything. Any, any, any. Do not have any anxiety about anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. We can do it. The the Bible, this, this, this verse, the power to do it is there in that verse. If I'll take that verse and put it in my heart and put it in my mouth, I can live without any anxiety about anything. I don't have to try to do that just by myself. I was say, he said I can't have any anxiety. No. Philippians 4, 6 empowers me to have no anxiety about this. Amen. The power is in this verse and if I'll pull that verse into my heart... It's going to, just like the power of a tomato is in the tomato seed. If I'll put the seed in the ground, I'll get a tomato. Yes, if I'll Lord. put Philippians 4 and 6 in my heart, in the ground of my heart, I'll get freedom from anxiety about anything. Yes, thank you Lord. Amen? Amen? And then he tells us what to do. He doesn't want you just to sit there like uh, an ostrich with your head stuck in the sand, but he wants you to respond spiritually. He yes. says... In every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, make a specific, definite request with thanksgiving. Why am I adding thanksgiving? Because I believe I receive it when I pray. This is the confidence that I have in Him. And if I ask Him anything according to His will, He hears me. And I know if He hears me, I have. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So I never have to be anxious or worried. I can, I can take it to my father in prayer and receive the answer and just begin thanking him that, Father, I thank you, you've heard me. Just like Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. Father, you've already heard me. You've already heard me. Thank you, Lord. And then verse 8 does give us a list that we can provide to the bouncer at the door of our, our mind, yeah. right? And that bouncer, you know, what a bouncer does is they stand outside. If y'all have never been to a bar, let me just explain the bouncer. The bouncer stands outside and if it's, you know, you've got to be by invitation only to get into this club. Now, y'all don't need to know this, but I'm just using this example so you'll understand it. And they've got the list of who's invited to this party. And if your name's not on the list, you can't get in the building, right and so if if the thought is not on this list it can't get in the mind if you've set up that that security system at the door of your thinking finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatever things are of good report If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. So fear's not on the list. Worry's not on the list. If it starts with what if this happens, it's not on the list. So we need to refuse it entry. You cannot enter into my thoughts. You cannot enter into my heart. I am not going to think on you, and I'm going to instead turn my thinking to whatever thing is good and lovely and pure and of a good report and something that is honest and true in my life. Amen? Praise God. God. So these are our responsibilities. These choices are ours to make. Nothing has to make you agitated, distressed, or worried, or anxious. Nothing. If you get to heaven and you say, but Lord, I did not have a choice, he will disagree with you. You have a choice not to be agitated. There's nothing that requires you to respond with worry, with fear. Remember what? Psalm 27, 1, even though a host should encamp against me, even though they're going to, I will not fear. Praise God. And then it says that He has given us love. He has given us love. And so often we look at love only from one aspect of love, and that is our responsibility to walk in love and that is an important aspect we talked a bit about that this morning but i also want to look at another aspect from first john chapter 4 and this aspect is about receiving the love because the love that we receive from god is a inoculation against fear it is a spiritual inoculation against fear. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now we've been talking about this word perfect, and we remind ourselves this word perfect does not mean without flaw or without error. This word perfect means well-developed, mature, complete so we have received the love of god but we may not be developed in it we that's one of the things that we've got to choose is to allow the love of god to be developed in us the Wees translation says it this way love has been brought to completion and exists in its completed state. When our love is made perfect. When our love is brought to completion and exists in its completed state. God's love in us. We've got to develop in it. You know in this same chapter verse 16 it says we have known and believed the love that God has. That word know is from, from I've experienced it. firsthand experience. I've experienced the love of God. When He saved me, I experienced the love of God. And then I've got to take that love that I've experienced and start trusting in it and start believing in it so that I know and I believe the love that God has for me. And as we grow and develop in that love that God has for us, trusting in it, believing in it, experiencing it, not just one time back the day we gave our heart to the Lord, but, but visiting and revisiting and fellowshipping with the love that God has for us and strengthening ourselves in the love that God has for us. Isn't that what that prayer in Ephesians is talking about? That we would be rooted and grounded in love. So that rooting is not, that's talking about growth. It's talking about something that grows and grows and grows and the more that it grows, it stabilizes us even more. That those root systems are digging down into the bedrock of our life and making us so immovable away from the love of God that what shall separate me from the love of God is it tribulation or distress or persecution? No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Right? What shall separate me from the love of God? I've got to have my roots in that love and allow that love to be developed in me. Not just me doing love actions and acting in love. That's, that's a result of me being rooted in the love that God has for me. The more you experience the love of God personally, the easier it is for you to walk in love. Because you've got to receive it to be able to, you know, the moon, we use the example of that, believers, we don't generate light. We reflect the light from our sun. Just like the moon doesn't have any moonlight. It's really sunlight reflecting off the moon. The moon itself cannot generate light, correct? Amen. And we cannot generate light. We reflect the light of God. Well, the more, the, the more I am receiving His love, the more I'm going to reflect it. The brighter the reflection of that love is going to be in my life. Amen? It's a developing in love. So this word perfect means mature or well-developed. It needs to be brought to completion and exist in its completed state in our life. The, I want to read the Message Bible of this, uh, verse 18. There is no fear in love. It says in the Message translation, God is love. When we take up permanent residence... In a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us. We want love to have the run of the house. Amen? We want love to become at home and mature in us so that we are free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Hallelujah. And then it says this. The King James says, He that fears is not made perfect or well-developed or completed in love. The message says Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, since a a fearful life is one not yet fully formed in love. A fearful life is one not yet fully formed in love. Hallelujah. And that's not for someone to get under condemnation about. It's just a recognition. Now I know what to use. Now I know what to give my attention to, the love of God. Fear, when, when the enemy brings thoughts, and I'm closing, look at me close. <laughs> when the enemy brings thoughts, yeah. what confuses people often is there's such a reality with it. There, he, can, he can bring feelings. You know, when we experience the presence of God, there are some times in the manifest presence of God, we, we sense His presence, right? There, there, there are times that we've seen, seen the glory. There are times that we've known just there are, there are, are things that, that the, whole, the presence of the Holy Spirit, as God moves in our midst, that we, we have that reality of it. That there are things that, that corroborate what he's saying and doing. Well, the enemy, he likes to bring feelings to try to corroborate what he's threatening, too. Things that seem so real. When Kelly Copeland got up one morning and her daughter, it was a Christmas morning, and they went upstairs and found their teenage daughter in bed with a fever of 103 and they rushed her to the emergency room and they they came back with the report of spinal meningitis that had been going throughout texas Uh, there were a lot of cases in texas of young people who had this strain of spinal meningitis and many of them were not surviving and they were really giving uh kelly a a negative outcome, a negative outlook for what to expect for her daughter. And she recounts that when her sister walked up to her, Terry Pearsons, and said to her, Kelly, are you okay? She said, at that moment, fear was so present, I could feel it. She said, "I, I could feel it all around me that fear was so real and it was so present that there was a tangible feeling that came with it. But when she opened up her mouth and she said, I will not fear, and she began to quote the Word of God, she said, I could tangibly feel that fear start backing off and lifting away from me. It's like it began to move back. Yeah. And the more that she confessed how it was going to end up that my daughter will not die but she will live and declare the, the goodness of the Lord and, and and began to quote the word over her she said it began to disperse and move out of the room. When brother Hagin was uh, in the parsonage of the he was actually visiting with the good ones for a meeting, J.R. Goodwin, Pastor Goodwin in Texas, and, and they were good friends, and he said, I was there in that meeting, and he said, the, they, the symptoms came back on him one night from the heart condition that God had healed him from all those years before, and he said, it was very real. He said, I knew what it had felt like when my heart would stop, and I could feel that the blood leaving my body, the blood not, not uh, coursing through my body, I could feel my, it would start getting cold at my feet and, and that coldness would, would start spreading. He said, I was experiencing those same symptoms of my heart stopping this beat. And, not, and he said uh, that the enemy started talking to him. He said... I picked up my covers because I didn't want to wake up the pastor and I put the covers over my head and I said ha 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 and to hear Brother Hagan, he said ha 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 And he said he would he just laughed and he said the, the enemy came to him with the thought and said why are you laughing? And why are you laughing? You're not going to get healed this time. I'm going to kill you tonight. You're not going to get healed this time. You're not going to get healed this time. And he said, I just laughed again. Ha, 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 ha. ha, ha. And he said this. He said, I didn't feel like laughing. All of the symptoms were real. All of the feelings were real. But I just laughed. Ha, 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 ha. He said, I, I put it on until it came on. I put that laugh on. ha, 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 ha. And about three times of the enemy coming with that thought and saying, what are you laughing about? You're not going to get healed this time. What are you laughing about? You're not going to get healed this time. He said about the third time, uh, he said, I'm laughing at you, devil, because I'm already healed. I don't have to get healed. Amen. Well, the enemy recounted, the re- responder, recounted, with that, And he said, you are afraid, look at your hands, they're shaking. And he said, and I looked down, and sure enough, my hands were trembling. And he said, I just kept laughing. I said, I am not my body. My body might be, might be trembling and reacting to the feelings that you're attacking me with, but my spirit is not my body. Amen. And in that resisting, he gained the victory over it and all those symptoms left. But do you see how real the, the attack may feel? Yeah. Don't be deceived by that feeling. Don't be deceived by, by how heavy, because the enemy can come in with a heavy oppression. He can come in with that, with that weight and with that, that hopelessness and that heavy feeling. You've got to recognize that doesn't belong in my house. Amen. I've got to drive this out of my house. I, let's Okay, get the, open up every Bible, put them out, so that every time you walk by, you just stop and read a verse out loud. Get praise music going on. Begin to dispel that out of your house. Yeah. D- push it out with, with the presence of God, with the Word of God, with the name of Jesus, with every weapon available to you. Begin to resist that. And don't be deceived by the feeling making you think it's real just because the feeling's real. The feeling can be real and it not be true. It's not truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Stand with me to your feet. Did you receive tonight?